Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it's good news. Keep, keep the, the testimonies, those things coming in, God doing things in your life. Put them on your offering envelope. It, it, put them on there. Get them in the bucket. Give them, to, give them to Pastor Sandy here or Heather. Get them to somebody so they can get those, get those to me. I promise. I, I, well, I can't promise. I, I might read those without telling you, but I'll try to tell you first before I might read those uh, if I mention your name or your situation. But I will try to keep those as bland and vanilla as I can. So I've got one on deck already with Mr. Wheeler and his wife. So God's doing great things, and it's only going to get better, huh? Amen. It's only going to get better. We've been talking a little bit about wisdom, and this particular message is Living in Wisdom Part 2, but it, it's about, in our life, what do we do with this wisdom? We've been believing, we've been, we've been hearing this scripture from Ephesians chapter 1, where, where Paul was writing, and said, God, I just pray that you pour out your wisdom and revelation on those folks who are here. And now he's talking in, in that particular case to the Ephesians, but we receive that word for ourselves. But that wisdom that we talked about last week, that wisdom isn't just, a, just, just smarts. It's not just, just the knowing side of that. It's a practical wisdom and workable principles. In James 1.5, and we may hit this a couple times today, we did last week, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And it says that God will give to him liberally and without reproach. Some versions say he'll give to you an abundance and he won't get mad at you for asking. Because I think sometimes we say, well, you know what, I've asked God like four times. I don't, you know, I've really not, I've not done what he's asked me to do. So we're, we're nervous to go back that fifth time. We're nervous to go back that sixth time. But it says that he'll give to us liberally and without reproach. That's a practical wisdom, a prudent, a prudent, comprehensive insight. And then it goes on and says a right application of knowledge. We said last week that that wisdom that comes on the inside not only is truth, not only is knowledge in our life, but it also has energy to it in our life spiritually that allows us to live it out. It's, a, it's practical understanding, which means you have the ability to use it in your life, not just know it. I taught math for a lot of years, and the kids would always ask, you've heard me say this before, when are we ever going to use this? I was real honest. I said, never. You're never going to use this. It's just probably not, re- you know, it's not realistic. The only math that you really, I mean, apply to a level that these kids were looking for, I'm not talking about whether you work in construction or those kind of things, because you use arithmetic and different things all the time, but the knowledge that they were gaining in Algebra 2 and Pre-Calculus, you're, not, you're, you're probably never going to use this, until you go through Calc 1, Calc 2, Calc 3, and Calc 4, and then you really get an understanding as an engineer many times as how to apply that principle to your job. So what I told them was, you know what, for the most part, it's, it's just it's teaching you some things that you need to know to get to the next level. There's a difference. The wisdom that God pours out into your life is not just wisdom so that you know it, but wisdom that's so alive and has so much energy attached to it that you can use it. And so what do we do in those moments? See, when we have that wisdom given to us, how, how do we use it? I mean, what do we, we've got it coming in, so what are we going to do? We said last week that our life is a, co- a compilation of choices that we've made, that, you know, starting with the, with the children, you know, at the, at the, in numbers, you know, maybe the spies as they made crazy choices, some of them perished and some of them lived. We said we have to judge that word that we're receiving, that wisdom and knowledge that we're receiving with that energy to begin to apply it in our life. Is it worth it to us to use it? Is it worth When you deal with kids and you're teaching, they don't usually see the need to understand and know it in September. 
But when December comes, am I correct, Miss Snugs? When, when finals time comes, they want to do a semester's worth of work in about a day and a half, right? I mean, that's, that's just the way that they, they... They don't see why they need to apply that in September. Why do I need to pay attention in October? But how many of you know, this is the way I explain it to them, if you can't figure out what's going on in August mathematically, okay, maybe it works in your world and some of the other educational world, but I know in mathematics this works. If you don't understand what we did in, in September, you're going to have a hard time in October. And if you don't get it in October, you're going to have a really hard time in November. And if you get to December, it's probably going to be impossible. Why? Because those principles build upon themselves. And I am counting on you as a student to take the things that we talked about the first day of school and apply them in your homework and in your tests and in your studies all the way through to December so that when that thing gets to be too complicated for just new knowledge in December, you're going to apply knowledge that you've had all this time, that you've used, that you've exercised, that you've built upon. Then why do we think as believers that we can go to the end of the book and apply some great principle and some great truth that somebody taught us, yet we never wanted to go through step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. We said last week that God gives us those dreams and those visions and those things that we write down, and then he leads us and guides us practically in our life. That it's daily wisdom and revelation that he pours out to us, and and somehow he takes us from that one side to the other, but we don't know the twists and the turns that are in there to get us to that place. But we'll never get to that place unless we move. We want to go from A to E, and he says, well, hold on, there's B, C, D in between there somewhere. And you say, well, show me where those are real quick so I can touch all the bases. And he says, well, you're going to have to go through this thing one step at a time. Why? Because what it takes to live this, this wisdom and this, or the vision and, the, and the, revelation, the truth and the dreams that he's given you, what it takes to live that is going to have to be built upon from where you started. Well, I've been mature. I've been in the Bible a long time. That doesn't matter. You haven't learned it all. You don't know it all. So we continue to learn step by step. And eventually, you pass that vision, you pass that moment, you pass that dream, you pass that promise, and you're on to a next one. But from there to there, there's the same thing, all of these different stops along the way. So what I want to share today, or what I want to talk about maybe a little bit today, is this idea that God has great wisdom for us. But we, as the receivers of that wisdom now, with the energy inside that wisdom spiritually for us to be able to walk it out and to put it to practice. It's practical wisdom. It's usable wisdom and knowledge that he gives us. You say, well, I need help with my bills. I need help with this. There's practical wisdom that God's going to give you in that. But you're going to have to trust him because it ain't going to make sense to you. And when he begins to speak to you those things, that practical wisdom has momentum with it if you act on it. But if you don't, if you don't act on that, if you don't begin to walk in that, see, I'm thinking, well, you know what, God, if it was like step 14, I'd probably step out. Well, if you don't go step one, two, three, four, five, you're not going to get to 14. So we have to begin to put this to practice. So as we go, we have to trust him. Proverbs, I think, chapter three in the, in the message Bible says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everything. Everywhere you go, he's the one who'll keep you on track, right? From one thing to the next, he keeps you on track. Some of you have gone off-road. 
<laughs> it's time to get back on track. In real life, see, we like the ATVs and the bouncy rides and all those kind of things. Spiritually, that'll bust you up. Get back on the smooth road. <laughs> don't, assume you, don't assume you know it all. You know, that three-letter word, A-L-L, is what we ended with last week. It's a very important and powerful word for being just three little letters. So what we end up doing in our life many times, we hear the wisdom of God. We receive the wisdom and the revelation of God. Our spirit man begins to get riled up and excited. There's action and there's energy in that wisdom. Then we begin to start having conversations with ourselves. Is it worth it or not? If I have issues financially in my life, I'm like you. God, I seek God, and he tells me most of the time the same thing. Give something. You did not hear me correctly, sir. <laughs> I am in need of something. Amen. Give something. See, there's, 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 there's motion. that I have everything that you have need of. I will meet all of your needs according to my riches through my son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Fantastic, sir. And in that... There's a principle. In that, there's action. In that, there's energy. In that is enough anointing for me to go forward in it. And if it means plant a seed, I plant a seed. But I begin to have conversations with myself. Have you ever found that you don't have to talk yourself out of doing something bad? What do you try to talk yourself out of? Doing something good. Just, just think about it in your life. I, when God speaks to you something... Our, our first natural inclination is to talk ourselves out of that. See, we're not trying to tell ourselves all of the good things that could come from that. See, you're not trying, <laughs> you're not trying to talk yourself into going to the gym. You're trying to talk yourself out of going to the gym. You don't find all the reasons to go to the gym. We're experts at finding all the reasons not to go right? Do we sit down and say, I should not have this bowl of ice cream because it's vile death to my, to my flesh and it's going to stick to the sides of me, no doubt. Or do we say, well, it's going to be okay if I just have this one. I have worked so hard. See, I, I, even, I even walked to the mailbox today. I sweated along the way. So I deserve this. See? We don't try to talk ourselves into the good things. We're always trying to talk ourselves into the bad things. Don't be like that. See, when God tells you the good thing, that is the best thing. How would he hold back something less than his best? He says that's not the case in Matthew chapter 7. Why would I do that? See, we wouldn't see it fit to do that. He doesn't see that fit. When he gives us his best, when he gives us the wisdom and the knowledge, and that is the energy to put that to practice in our life, he's expecting us to do that. He's counting on us to do that. So why do we try to talk ourselves out of doing that? And one of the tricks we use is we find good things because we're not necessarily sold on the God things. The God thing's just too far out there, but there's a lot of good things in your life. Don't get busy doing good things when he has God things for you. And what's a God thing for your neighbor may not be a God thing for you. It might just be a good thing. 
But it's the word. Well, yes, it's the word, but the person is acting on something that God told them about their life, which makes it a God thing for them. I'm not talking about tithing. I'm not talking about loving your neighbor. I'm not talking about the principles. I'm talking about things that your neighbor's doing that you say, man, I'd like to do that. God's blessing them in, 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 their, in their business, so I should go out and be a businessman. God's blessing them in their ministry, so I should go out there and be a full-time minister and do what they're doing. Don't try to start copying people. Right? God speaks to you, and the wisdom and revelation that he pours out to you is important. But follow the God thing, not necessarily the good thing. See, I was a good teacher. So I should just go teach. But God has a different plan. I've even said, you know, as early as yesterday, I'll just quit all this and go teach. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I mean, those, those thoughts come back. Well, you know what? I was good at it. When all y'all get cantankerous and your phone rings and service and stuff, I think, well, you know what? I should go back and maybe just, just go teach. <laughs> Never let that go. <laughs> at one moment in my life, that was a God thing. But that has changed in my life. He's given me new direction and a different path at this moment. So that's just a good thing. Just because something that somebody wants you to do happens to help somebody else along the way does not necessarily make it a God thing for you. I think everybody should love Pastor Stanley and support the Sudan and orphans and all those kind of things, but I am realistic enough to understand that that might not be for everybody. So you have decisions to make whether or not the things that are presented to you, not just once in a while, but many times during the day, are good things or God things. Now this might step on your toes, so don't freak out. I'm not being mean. But just because you listen to Joyce Meyer doesn't mean you heard from God today. Now y'all going to Joyce Meyer, so don't go throwing stones at me later. I'm not saying that. But you know what I'm saying? Just because she said it on TV... What does that mean? See, did you spend time with God today for you? I'm not saying don't go listen to Joyce. She's fantastic. She's wonderful. She's got plenty of wisdom and stuff for us. But do you see what I'm saying? There are a lot of good things in life. Grab hold of the God things in life because the God things in your life are where the blessings are. That's where all of, that's where this wisdom and this knowledge, this revelation that comes in your life, that's where it all begins to spring forth. See, there's energy in that spiritually. There's anointing in that wisdom spiritually for you and your life to go that direction. But if you say, you know what? God has anointed me to help people, but I want to do it over here with this group instead of what I feel like God has told me to do over here, that wisdom and knowledge and revelation, the, the power and the energy and the anointing that's in that dissipates. Does that make sense? Because you're not on, his, you're not on the path, you're not in the place where he has for you to go. So for us as believers, it's not so much just that we understand that he's pouring out wisdom and knowledge in our life. It's, okay, God, what do I do with this wisdom and knowledge in my life? I mean, it's in there, and man, my, stir, my spirit man's doing jumping jacks. I mean, he's, we're ready to go here. Now, as you give me this, now you're going to have to lead me and guide me and direct me. You might want to get involved in some things that somebody might not be involved in. 
But if God says do it, what do you got to do? Do it. You've done that before. You've had people tell you that's crazy and you do it and it flourishes. You've had other people tell you this thing's a sure thing and you've tried to do it and it wasn't for you and it faltered. Well, how do you know the difference? The wisdom and revelation of God being poured out in your life and you listening to the Spirit of God. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, you can. I don't know if I want to do that. (laughs) See, I, I, I don't think I can do that. Yes, you can. See, it says in Jeremiah 29 that you will, you will find, I mean, you will find him. He has great thoughts and great plans for a future and a hope for you in your life. And you will find him. You will find those things if you seek him and search after him with all your heart. Now, there's two camps or three camps here. One person's just doing that and doing what they say, doing that, doing what God says, doing that, doing what God says. There's another group who's doing that and saying, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Seeking God, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do something else. Right? And then there's another guy, and that person just keeps wandering around. There's another person over here sitting down going, well, you know what? I didn't do what God asked me to do before, so I'm I'm just not even going to ask anymore. He wouldn't tell me. He'll give to you liberally without reproach. Relentlessly. You got to think of it. He wants to pour it out in your life relentlessly, unending, unceasing, unyielding, without measure. Everything. He wants to just keep putting it there. But with that comes that energy to live it. And I'm telling you, if you don't do that, it, it, just, it just all starts falling off of you. Well, I've been asking God, and I just haven't heard anything. But did you do the last thing that he asked you to do? Did you follow the last step? Did you go to the last place? Did you? Nope, I missed it. I messed up. Did you repent? Well, no. Well, then let's Repent. And how many of you know, you've been there, you repent, you say, God, you know what? I messed up. I didn't do it. I did it the wrong way. I did it another way. I thought it through. I cast it off. Whatever, I repent before you, God. And all of a sudden, it's just like, hmm, there you are again. And there comes that, see? He'll give to you liberally without reproach. But we have to be going in the right direction. Don't override the spirit. Don't reason away the truth. Here's how you know. That wisdom and revelation, if you're living in it, if you're walking in it in your life, it brings rest. If you're not, it brings exhaustion. And there's a difference. You can be tired, don't be exhausted. You're doing what God asks you to do, your your body will be tired, but there'll be rest. If you're not doing what God wants you to do, you will be exhausted and you won't find rest. Sleep 16 hours. You're still going to wake up exhausted. See, that's that weary. Do not grow weary in well-doing. You won't grow weary in well-doing. You'll grow weary in your doing. There's lots of good nuggets here. Are you writing these down for me? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Proverbs 22.3. I've preached this scripture before out of the Message Bible. It says, a prudent or wise person 
sees, sees trouble coming, and they duck. But a simpleton, someone who might be unlearned, ignorant, ignorance not a horrible word, just means you don't know, walks blindly and is clobbered. God has given you the opportunity with this wisdom and revelation as he pours it out in your, in your life by the Spirit of God. He gives you the wisdom and the revelation to be able to go forward in him, seeing the things that are unseen to the natural eye. On his path for your life, not just a good path, not just doing a good thing, but doing a God thing on God's path for your life. It allows you to see when trouble comes and get out of the way. And the other road, you're trying, you're wandering around with the Bible, you're doing all kinds of things, trying to make it work. It's not where God wants you to be. It goes against a little bit his wisdom and knowledge and revelation that he's poured into your life. But you're trying to make that stuff work over here on this path. Bam! And you just keep getting clobbered. Why? You're on the wrong path. You can't walk in the wrong path. The wisdom and the revelation that he's pouring out into your life has energy and anointing and power to take you down his path. Not somebody else's path. Not the way you intend for his path to be. Have you ever used the, now on my phone, when I use my maps, it gives me three different routes. (sighs) Boy, do we want that to be the case with God. Huh? Huh? (laughs) you're like come on God I don't like that one what's the next route what's the next route (laughs) I don't know I don't like that one either let's go back to see we'd like God to give us different routes but how many of you know I have rarely ever had that happen I've had him redirect me in my path when I've gone the wrong way and get me back on the right route but see I, I haven't had maybe an opportunity that says you know what just do whatever you want yeah you know just whatever I haven't seen that happen So if you get on the wrong path, there's still hope. If you head down the wrong spot, that's all right. We repent and God just begins to move us back into that place and in that spot. Bill Winston was talking about that on Monday. I think I shared it somewhere in one of these messages out in Word Explosion about about restoring the Eden blessing in the world and that God's, God's will, his desire was that Eden be on the earth And Adam and Eve continue to live there and us live there and all of us be in this thing and continue to go forward in him. It didn't go according to that plan, but that doesn't change God's will. But what God has done, if you follow through the word and we don't have time to do that, that's a whole two-hour message that night and then another hour and a half the next day. As you track through the word, what he has done is he has provided for us in this earth the ability to bring forth Eden where we are. Through the blessing of Abraham and how it's come through Christ and how it's come to us. He's given us that opportunity to bring Eden into the world in which we live in his path. His will has never changed. And so what he's done now is he's made a way for you to bring it into this world because Adam and Eve made a bad mistake and they messed up. So if I make a bad mistake and I mess up, I know God can continue fulfilling the will that he has for my life. I have hope. Thank God, because I don't do everything right. But I have to, in my life, ask God for this wisdom, for this revelation, and then begin to live it in my life to follow his plan and to follow his path. 
It's a real simple situation. You don't have, and we, we do this, you don't have to figure out your entire life every day. Now, I'm just taking a little different look at it and a little different perspective. How many real decisions have you had to make today that were directional or they were actional in your life to make sure you were following God's plan, really? It wasn't a thousand. I would venture to say you could count them all on one hand and probably count them on a couple fingers. But we think that it's such the, this, this big un, overbearing, oh, I've got to get every single thing right from now till eternity, and it's probably a million decisions, and what am I going to do? And I don't know what's going to happen if I pick this, and that changes, and what if I pick this, and I pick that, and then what if I do this, and I do that, and then I, And all God said was, could, could, you, could you read that verse? And we said, well, if I read that verse, then I'm going to do this, and then all of a sudden we've got all of these things. God's only asking you, really, you wear a what would Jesus bracelet do to remind you. See, what would he do in that? And how often do we really need to look at that thing? Like how often are we standing there? Somebody flips us off and we have to look at the bracelet. Well, Peter wanted to smack him. Not very often. If you're walking in the spirit, you don't have to keep, you know. We should wear a... W-S-I-D, what should I do? Because the wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of God has been poured into your life. What should you do? Yes, yes, what would Jesus do? Don't go throw your bracelet away. I'm not saying it's bad. But I would venture to guess if I gave you all a little quiz, most of you all know what God's told you to do in the last couple days. And you know whether you have or haven't. So that response, man, that's not my deal. That's yours. I mean, in my life, that's my deal. But in your life, that's your thing. Did you or didn't you? It's real simple. What's the wise thing to do? It says the, the, the prudent or the wise person sees those things coming, but ducks and gets out of the way. You have wisdom. It says that you will know those things that are coming down the road before they come. John 13, right? Or John 16. See, that's the prudent man who can see down the road. That means the prudent or the wise man is the one who's led by the Spirit because it says the Holy Spirit will tell me things to come. So if I'm walking down that road, I see trouble coming, I can get out of the way. But if I'm not being led by the Spirit and he's not speaking to me those things, I'm an ignorant or unlearned person in that moment. And when that trouble comes, I didn't have an opportunity to prepare. I didn't have an opportunity to get out of the way and flop right in the head. Right? He's not asking you to solve all the problems of the world. He's not asking you to solve all the problems that are going in that are going on in this country. He's not asking you to figure out all the things that are happening in your children's lives to keep them straight. He's asking you, would you receive my wisdom and my revelation? Would you be led by my spirit today in this decision that you have to make? 
Many of you know that Rachel, our daughter, is at Butler, and she got a full ride, and we have been rejoicing ever since. But we had made a small deal with her, knowing how much college is. Sounded like a really good deal at the time. Uh, that we would buy her a Mini Cooper if she got a full ride. Great idea when she was a junior and senior in high school. Awesome idea. Then when she got a full ride, <laughs> wasn't such a good idea. So we have been looking. And how many, there's, there's, there are a million of those things. They're everywhere. How many of you like to buy cars? I mean, I don't like to buy cars. It just drives me nuts. Because every time you go, you think the tire's going to fall off of it when you drive away. It's, you know, what's going to happen? Is this the right one? Isn't this the right one? But how many believe that God knows who you are? He knows what he's, knows what he's doing. He, he, he is the one who gave us that idea. He is the one who gave her that scholarship. He is the one who knows what's going on. But who has to get, who has to get in the right path? See? They're everywhere. And my little princess was very patient. I said, honey, give us about a year here once we get everybody in school and get Daniel out and get, you know, when springtime comes, summertime comes, we'll start looking. And uh, she was very good, very patient, still is very, she's a wonderful little girl. It's not her at all. But, but I, I started saying, okay, honey, we need to start thinking about this. So I was inundated with emails. <laughs> I've seen more Mini Coopers than the Mini Cooper people. <laughs> After a while, they all look alike. They're all whatever color. They all have the same. I mean, it's like, it was just, you know, it was like this. And I kept saying to her, honey, God's got the right one for you. And so, you know, her offering envelope, you know, I've shared her things over the, you know, her offering envelope is, I just believe that God will give us the right car at the right time at the right price. That's what I just kept saying to her. Wasn't to get her off my back. (laughs) But that's what I believed. That God will give us the right car at the right time at the right part. But how many of you know as time goes, there's wisdom and revelation and that knowledge that comes, that peace to believe, and you start getting a little anxious. So we went out, we started looking a little bit, and we spent a whole day driving around looking at them, and it got to the point where it was overbearing and overwhelming and just too much information. So I got on a plane and I went to Oklahoma. <laughs> Came back home, went to that conference, came back home, and we were here. I, I just said to Elizabeth, you know, while I was there, I was just praying, and I just felt like God said, just go get that one. It's okay. Go get that one. And I said, so I, I, we're, gonna, we're just going to go get that one. And she said, well, I have total peace about that too. God said that to me. And see, when you begin to understand what that peace is and that comfort and that wisdom and knowledge and revelation that comes in your life, see, as we work as a couple it lines up. So it's real simple. Just went in Friday, sat down, said, yep, that's, God told me what to say. I told him what to say. You know, that was, that was a learning experience. I didn't say it quite the way God said it. But I chickened out a little at the end, and it cost me a little more money. Huh? I thought for sure they'll never go for that, God. But they went for my cockamamie new thing, too. And it was like God said, well, they would have gone for mine, too, but you're the one that's out that money. (laughs) And at that point, you can't go back and say, okay, hold on a minute. Let's start over. Because God said this much. And I said, okay, 
All right, God. That's, they're not going to go for that. Huh? You want to tell God what they're not going to go for? So God tell you know, so they're not going to go for that. So I told him something else, just a little bit more than that. Seemed a little more reasonable. Doesn't it always do that? Just a little more reasonable to me. Because it really matters what I think. Yeah. At a car lot. Right. And you know what? They went for that. They went for what I told them. And immediately I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> Oops. So I'm sorry, God. He said, hey, it's your money. <laughs> He'll take care of me. I repented. But I learned real quick. Yeah, it was a little out there. Yeah, it was a little over. It was, yeah, it was a little bit more. It was, I couldn't make that make sense. It was a little farther than what I thought. It was that, ah. Just listen. When God tells you that wisdom and revelation. See, that's about a, that's about a car. It's about everything in your life. What should I do? See, I should have had my bracelet. What should I do? I should do that. Do that, dummy. (laughs) You didn't even know, did you? Did I tell you that? Sorry, I owe you a little money. For every situation you face, there's a wise decision for you to make. And it's here. But a wise man, a wise woman, trusts that. I would like to say, be like your pastor. (laughs) Be like he should have been. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. It says, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Knowledge, wisdom and understanding, wisdom and revelation. See, not technically is it okay to do this. Not to say, you know what, there's not really in the Bible that says I shouldn't. Well, just because it doesn't say you shouldn't doesn't mean you should. God, I got to get from one side to the next. And I got no idea how this map's worked out here in the middle. I need your wisdom and revelation. James 1.5 says you'll give me wisdom practical understanding and knowledge but as he begins to lead you and guide you in that thing may not be C, D, E, F, G steps but it might be B so go from A to B we have a tendency sometimes to stay on a line it's close to you know, as close to our path and his path as we can be. Still kind of touch his path as we go. 
But what you're going to find as you go with God, those paths are going to deviate. And you're, you're going to have to pick. We've been saying this for a while, you know, be ye cold or hot, don't be lukewarm. So what should you do in the situation that you face today? Last week we said we faced obstacles. God, give us wisdom. Now what should we do when we face these decisions, these circumstances, these things that come across our path? And I'm not talking about just, yes, God wants to lead you in every single area of your life, but you don't, and you don't get overburdened by this. This is a moment-by-moment moment living in the Spirit of God. There's not a burden to this. His yoke in Matthew, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be led by the Spirit of God. You'll get to the point where you're comfortable not knowing what to do. You'll get to the point where you're comfortable being uncomfortable. You'll get to the point where you're excited when you face a wall. And God's got to make a way through, over or around somehow. Why? Because he did it before, and he's going to do it again. He did it last week, and I know he'll do it today. I know he's going to do it. See, I know he's going to do it. He's not going to let, is he going to let you down? Did he let you down before? It might have looked like you weren't going to make it. It might have looked like you had to fight and scratch and claw, but did he not somehow make a way? See, somehow he makes a way. If he could bring a talking donkey into a situation to make a difference, surely he can make a difference in the world in which we live today in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up together. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.